You're listening to a Verulam Sports podcast from 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. You can catch us online at www.radioverulam.com. I'm joined by Mark Slattery, who has written a book called Cricket's Craziest Teams. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Jay. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, you're most welcome. Now, Mark, I've got your book. And uh, what can I say? It's, it is crazy. It's, it's not what I expected. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> and it's, it's slightly off the wall. <laughs> it's very off the wall. These are not cricket teams. There's 50 teams in there. They're not cricket teams you will ever meet. Yes. Now, before we get into the book, tell everybody a bit about yourself and how you came to writing this book. Well, I'm uh, I'm just a, a humble lad from uh, from Birmingham who's wound up in St Albans, and um, uh, my dad, who's not long since passed away, used to take me to uh, cricket every Saturday, and uh, I used to play with my cousin in uh, in the quarry. Not the safest of places to be uh, learning your cricket. I ended up scoring for his local team, so I have I've got nerd in my blood. And uh, when you've got a bit of, you know, you need a bit of nerd to get into your cricket. So you, you channel your inner nerd. And if you're brought up with Test Match Special and things like that over the years, you're bombarded with, uh, you know, the batsman's holding, the bowler's willy or whichever way around that should be. And uh, lily, willy, dilly. <laughs> and, uh, and names are part of the fun. You know, uh, cricket is a fun game. There's lots of time to fill between uh, action and uh, I, I, all these names kept going around my head and I thought there must be something in this and uh, here we are. You must be good at cricket. You can't be writing a book. And it says in the back of your book that you're not very good at cricket. I don't believe that for a moment. Terrible. I did play, um, <laughs> but uh, I can't play these days. I've got a really bad leg. It won't let me turn. Uh, you know, you go in a straight line, which isn't much good if you've just run a single and you have to keep going. You end up straight back in the pavilion. <laughs> Um, so uh, I, I never, I was never a great player. I was, a, I was a handy bowler back in my day, um, but my day is a long time away. Just started to read into this book. When, when did this idea come to write a book? Um, I, I di- it didn't settle on me straight away because I, I just thought there might be one or two teams, you know, with players like Joss Butler and Alistair Cook. You've got Cook and Butler in the team, and I thought, well. And there's an umpire called Merv Kitchen. So I had Cook, Butler, Kitchen. There was a famous player called Jack Hobbs. I realised I was assembling a restaurant. And uh, I thought, you know, if I sit down, I can assemble the rest of the restaurant. And uh, there's a player called Richard Spooner and one called Graham Creamer, uh, Bobby Peel, Harry Boyle, Lionel Baker, and uh, several players called Fry or Fryer. And I thought, that's it. I've got a team of, uh, and there's a there's plenty of butchers. So uh, I just had 11. And I thought, you know, there's an article in that because I'm a writer. I'm a freelance writer. Uh, and uh, and I wrote two or three teams like that. And I thought, hey, there must, I wonder if I can make a whole book out of these. So I, then I started looking for them. Um, and there was uh, cricket goes back so far. And with so many different countries and nationalities playing it, you get a wonderful diversity um, of, uh, of names. Uh, you know, you mentioned you grew up in India um, and uh, 
the Indians supply just very different names um, that, that really bring to the Western sense of humor are just perfect. You know, they have a player called Contractor who's in my construction team. Uh, and uh, you'll probably know the name of Farouk Engineer. Yes, um, I do. There no, can't be another man with that name on the, on the planet. <laughs> Uh, so handy, you know, uh, and uh, there's a, an Indian player. I have never heard his name spoken, but it's my favourite name, however you pronounce it, it's something like Nirmal Jimal or Nirmal Jimal. <laughs> it's a wonderful name. And I haven't found uh, 10 other rhyming players to go with him, unfortunately. So, Mark, cricket's craziest teams. Just do me a quick overview to so somebody who's not read this book, just telling what this book is about. Uh, well, from, from those uh, descriptions we've just given you, it's 50 teams based on the most absurd criteria. Um, you know, I've got a team of names that are motor cars, uh, um, a team of names, a team whose names are all illnesses. You know, the, the front cover you picked up earlier is Rory Burns, um, and you get a minor illness like Graham Hick, uh, which can be sorted out with a pat on the back <laughs> with a glass of water. Um, down to more, you know, to, to more serious uh, injuries like Cripple Singh, um, who's in that team. So it's all these names that fit the themes, whether they're birds um, or uh, trees, or Joe Root's in there. Um, and they have to be proper cricket teams because, you know, cricket audience demands a certain degree of um, accuracy and felicity, and you've got to deliver t- to their um, their expectations and uh, so all the players have to be real players who've played at some point in the history of the game international cricket and they have to play in the same role that they did uh, for real so um, you've got to have a wicket keeper and a, and, a, and a captain two proper opening batsmen etc and you put your team together if you can find enough names and then in the book I have to do what every selector dreads which is e- explain and justify uh, the team they've just picked and referenced the, the players who didn't get in. Um, uh, so uh, uh, and that is much easier when you're doing it in Monty Python fashion. Um, <laughs> equally absurd reasons for dropping them, you know. So the, the bird with the worst plumage doesn't get in the bird team, <laughs> regardless of their form or ability. Yeah, and, and just, to, just to let the listeners know, like, as you said, you've got 50 teams in this book. And I'm just going to read out some of the, some of the teams. You've got, you know, the Alter Egos 11. You've got Baking and Cakes 11 uh, to Car Types 11 to a Festive 11, um, going to an Illness and Ailments 11, uh, a Law Enforcement 11. I mean, it just the list goes on and it's, it's fabulous because there's just so many 11s you want to think of, you know, the Spiritual 11, um, a Trees 11 and I mean, what how, What was the first team that you started, you know, the first 11 that you put together that kind of really started this this ball rolling? Well, you know, so long ago, um, it's hard to remember, but I, I think one of the first was probably a team that I, I think I've called it the Cricket Itself 11. Um, and that's players whose names actually make up all the terms that go into the sport. So um, you've got... A wonderful Australian who, who sadly died um, uh, early called David Hooks. And I didn't know whether to put David Hooks into the household team where you could hang your, hang your coat on him or into the fishing team where you could use him to produce something out of the uh, water. 
but he ended up in in the cricket team because you play a hook shot, don't you? So uh, yeah. equally, you've got a player called Puller. That's a shot, and was him Jaffa, which you bowl a Jaffa to get somebody out. <laughs> and I think that was one of the earlier earlier ones. A, a wonderful player from New Zealand who played in England for quite a long time for Warwickshire, I think. His name was Roger Twos. And I thought, well, I could put him in a mathematical team because there's lots of players with mathematical terms in their names. But I thought, well, twos is, you know, you take a two. Um, Max Walker, an Australian, uh, they're not known for their walking. Um, but Max Walker, that's, uh, he must have got a few um, jokes on his name. Arthur Fielder. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you, there's so many people whose names fit uh, the cricket itself team. I just thought it was quite quirky. Uh, there used to be a batsman for Derbyshire who I couldn't pick in the team called Peter Bowler. Um, so you've just got the, the, the richness of names is a kind of poetry of its own. Yeah, and what I love about this book, it, it's not just a book of of lists of of players that fit into a team. You you write a little a little a little backstory about it, a little you know behind the team. And one of my favourite teams um, is the Animal Eleven. Um, which I which I really love, um, and that's got Duckett, Gibbons, Lamb, Bearstow, Cowdery, Pandia, De Beast, Animal, Hog, Lion, Camel. I mean, it's a it's a it's a great team. But I love what you've written about it. I'm just going to read uh, a passage of what you wrote because I just I just love it. It's you know. Uh, you know, you'd have to be a real beast to survive as a woman among these smelly lot. Fortunately, we have such a beast, Pauline de Beast, to be precise, who played in three Women's World Cups and became the first woman to score a thousand runs in ODIs for the Netherlands. On the bowling side, Nathan Lyon has been poached from the Australian team and Moshin Kamal from the Pakistan supplies the pace bowling. If I'd left, left him out, he'd have got the hump. I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's almost... You know, you could you could have a, a book on each team and, and start create a little fantasy story about how this team, you know, gets together. I don't know if I'm giving you an ideas for a sequel, but it's it's a lovely it's a lovely part to the list. You know, it brings it to life. There's a, a fun about it, and you know, you can laugh along as well as you know, you have all the statistics of who these players are and all the stats behind it. It's it's a nice way to you know, bring to life some of the players of the past and of the present and how they fit together. I think that would be a wonderful fantasy if it could ever be made real, wouldn't it, to put together the players of the past and the players of the present. And that's an endless source of uh, um, uh, of conversation for, for cricket fans when they talk about the great players of uh, you know who are no longer with us, the Don Bradmans, um, and Jack Hobbs and players like that. And you actually have them in this book opening together. So I think Mike Atherton might um, open the batting in one of the teams. I have a, t- a team whose names are all spelt ending with the word T-O-N. I've called them the Ton Up 11. And here opens opposite um, uh, Sir Len Hutton. Um, uh, what, what an incredible thing it would be to be able to see that. Um, but of course, it's not, it's not to be, um, but it's wonderful to be able to put them together, teams together like this, and have 
yeah, you might have an Aussie and an Englishman opening, or a Kiwi and an Aussie, or a, a Pakistani and an Indian. You know, sort of things that probably wouldn't ever have happened until we got the wonderful IPL, which has mixed everybody in together. And, yeah. and now you kind of have fantasy cricket, but obviously only with players who are alive. Yeah. But and I, and I love, you know, you're talking about, you know, even the, even the team trivia where, you know, for the animal team, you know, if they went to the theatre, they'd watch The Lion King. You know, films would be Crocodile Dundee and, and Sean the Sheep. It's it's fantastic because I can I can visualise these players just sitting there watching these programmes as part of the team. It's almost it almost feels like you know like a, a Beano or, or a dandy you know, comic comic book characters that could be really brought to life on these pages. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I did try and visualise what what a whole team of. of fitting these names would mean and I I often try to put a line in about them arriving at the ground so I had a dog there's a doggy 11 in there and I I think I put in you'd be the team that arrived with their heads hanging out of the coach you know (laughs) dogs do that don't they and um, I'm enjoying the breeze Uh, there were some lovely stories in there I kept falling across uh, players with backstories you know there's a it's probably in bad taste but uh, there was a player called Partridge who shot himself, which, are, you know, the birds don't usually achieve that on their own. Um, he's in the birding team. And then Fernie Blade, who's in the unsafe 11, um, she played in the first women's test match ever um, and uh, for Australia, no doubt against England. Um, poor old Fernie Blade played this game and then was dropped in favour of her own sister for the second test match. And she never played another game for Australia again. And both of her sisters were in that team. I thought, well, that's got to be some sibling rivalry going on there, hasn't it? Um, so these are the kind of things you fall across. There's a wonderful Indian player who, um, I, I've forgotten his name off the top of my head, but um, he's in my law enforcement team. And um, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember his name as I speak to you, but it, he retired having a law enforcement name and became the chief of police in, I think, Gujarat or something like that. So it's as though he was destined to end up in my... So tell me, what's your favourite team? What's your favourite 11 that you've put together? Yeah, what would be the one that stands out for you? Oh, I wish you'd not asked me. It's very difficult. Um, <laughs> you knew I was going to ask you this, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I think I, just... I had quite a lot of fun with the illnesses and ailments at 11, just because <laughs> some names have a, I've had to twist them a bit, you know, uh, here and there. Uh, and one or two are a tiny bit double entendre-ish, which it's not, it, that's not my fault. You know, that's their names. Um, so I, it's, a, it's a team for our times, isn't it? Unfortunately, with, um, with, with the pandemic. So I felt that was kind of uh, a very fitting, you know, so you've got Rory Burns, who's, Opening, uh, opening the batting for for England probably this time tomorrow. We'll know if Rory's had a go out there in the Ashes uh, in Brisbane. And you've got a lovely, you've got a lovely picture of uh, Rory Burns in the book with him uh, trying to, you know, douse out the flames of his wicket, which uh, hopefully doesn't happen tomorrow. But it's, oh, it's a great picture. He'll have some fires to put out uh, over the next uh, few weeks, I'm sure. But then you've got lovely names like Mansour Akhtar. Um, you know, and um, a Victor Trumper, another minor ailment, and I just enjoyed the, the silliness of it. Uh, there's a yeah. player called Frank Carey's, uh, and that's uh, that's a word for dental decay. Um, uh, Stephen Fleming, you know, um, uh, 
which is more of a, an unwelcome social um, gesture than, uh, than an illness. Um, and of course, Tim Payne was in that team, and I thought that's great because he'll be captaining the uh, the Australians, and uh, yeah, maybe by selecting him, I've uh, cursed him because uh, he's no longer available for uh, selection. And of course, as I mentioned to you, there's one or two slightly dubious names. Uh, I think I can get away with them on radio. There's a, an, uh, an Indian player called R. Surti, um, and, um, and a New Zealander called uh, Ted Badcock. And we try not to ask too many questions about their ailments. And of course, in, in these modern era, in the modern era, we have Fluey Detroit, um, who's uh, South African. And if you catch Fluey Detroit, you end up Ron Gaunt. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, 50 teams. How long did this all take to put all this together? I mean, this is a, a lot of, you know, players. There's a lot of statistics alongside you know, how well it's been written. How long does it take for you to research all this? The research is is the thing, yes, uh, because getting players, getting the names is one thing, but fitting them all into a proper team, that's the that's the graft. Um, and sometimes I'd have plenty of names, but they wouldn't, they just would I had too many bowlers or too many batsmen or no wicket keeper. And uh, so I've got lots of teams that didn't quite work. Um, I wanted to do a medieval 11 and I it just couldn't quite put it together. <laughs> the rhyming 11 to go with normal Jermal. Um, I just couldn't find the, the right the right players to fit the right slots. So it took a long time. It has taken maybe three years to, to do it from the start, although I didn't start by envisaging a book at the end of the process. And that's all the research. And as you say, lots of statistics in there. There's cartoons, which I've... Um, commission from two very very different cartoonists with completely different styles both brilliant cartoonists so there was a lot that went into it but the writing itself uh, once the teams were put together and I had all the uh, the gubbins that went with it the writing was pretty straightforward because the teams made their own jokes oh, fantastic and Mark is there going to be a sequel well uh, we'll see I don't know um, uh, it would be wonderful if uh, if the, the book found its way into the England dressing room um, or if England are losing heavily into the Australian dressing room um, <laughs> and, uh, and they can uh, and they, and they uh, let me know if they like it. And if, if I get some good feedback, then uh, I do have another 50 teams um, uh, sitting on the uh, uh, sitting on the slate and it is possible. Oh, fantastic. I was thinking about that. I mean, I was reading through. I think I got to the, um, yeah, the, the, the Khans. And I thought, oh, you, you could have an actor's at 11, surely. Uh, you, you know, so I was just thinking, oh, there must be a sequel in this because it's, it's just so much fun, this book. You know, you learn a lot. And people that love cricket are going to really love this book because as time goes by, you kind of not forget, but the players of the past, you, the Holdings, the Richards, you know, for me, I, I, I vaguely remember them. But now reading this book, it just brings it back and, looking at their stats and what they achieved, you know, start looking on YouTube and start looking at, at some of the clips of them. It's just a real fun way of bringing that through to, to a generation of, of cricket lovers. Absolutely. And if you do love cricket, um, then uh, there's nothing better than discovering something from the past that intrigues and interests you because you're forever expanding. There's so much history to the sport. It's very rich and a very giving sport. Um, and a very social sport, I think, as well. 
um, and uh, cricket fans. I mean, it's just been an explosion. Um, with the rise of India, has been a really good thing for uh, world cricket, I think. Um, and uh, it's good to see Pakistan also being more resurgent in recent times. Um, I've got a, a wonderful cartoon of Ramiz Raja, who's taken over uh, cricket in Pakistan. Um, he's in the Ram team. There's lots of players like Mark Ramprakash in that. Just I found all these players with Ram in them. A uh, cartoonist, a wonderful cartoonist, uh, uh, has so drawn uh, Ramis with these big Rams horns. Um, and uh, uh, it just looks absolutely fantastic. There's two wonderful cartoonists have, have brought the book to life because there's a lot of words and a lot of charts with names on. And what you really need to do is to make it live um, uh, for, for, you know, for the whole, for the, anyone can read it. It's a family book. So it, it's great for even for the younger players to pick it up. They can just look at the cartoons if, uh, you know, what, while they're working out what the words mean. Yeah, and I agree. Mark, it's a great book. And I recommend it, not just cricket lovers, but, you know, people that love sport. And it's these great little short stories to buy your book. You know, it's a, it's a tremendous read. I can't let you go without talking about the Ashes, which is due to start. What's your thoughts on England's chances? Well, um, we've lost nine of our last ten test matches in Australia. Um, and we're going out without <laughs> some of the key players we'd have wanted to be there, notably Joffre Archer, um, who would have been really uh, effective out on those wickets. Um, so you'd have to say we start second favourites. Um, and I think anything less than a thrashing would probably be very uh, good. Um, but that's not, you know, that's very English, isn't it, to take such a damn... <laughs> if we start well, we're, then we're in it. Um, yeah. And we compete, but uh, you know the danger is we lose the first game and then we lose the second game and then I think that we're going to get hammered. Uh, but we need loads and loads of runs. So somebody's got to be the Michael Vaughan who had a wonderful time out there, one one uh, one Ashes, or the Alistair Cook who had a wonderful time out there, another Ashes, or going back further in history. Um, uh, um, Stuart Broad's father, Chris Broad, had a phenomenal Ashes in in the eighties. Somebody's got to produce two or three hundreds on top of Joe Roots. And if we do that, we're, we're in the series. You know, they've got nothing to lose. Go for yeah, it. Mark. Mark, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. Let, just let our listeners know where they can get this book. Well, it's on Amazon. Um, and uh, listeners will be in the UK. So Amazon.co.uk. And if you just type in Cricket's Craziest, I'll uh, be surprised if anything else comes up in its place. That's great. Fantastic, Mark. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, John. This podcast was a Verulam Sport production. You can listen to Radio Verulam on 92.6 FM or online at www.radioverulam.com.